0: Mandy Gonzalez is the author of Fearless. She has thrilled audiences on Broadway, lit up the screen on television, been published in Harvard Business Review, and started a social movement. Currently starring as Angelica Schuyler in Hamilton on Broadway, she also recently appeared in Madam Secretary as recurring character Lucy Knox and is known for originating the role of Nina Rosario in the Tony Award-winning show In the Heights. Mandy's debut album, Fearless, reached number 13 on the iTunes pop charts. Mandy's also an author, having published a widely cited article in the Harvard Business Review on how to overcome one's fear of public speaking. Most dear to her heart, Mandy is the proud founder of hashtag Fearless Squad, a social media movement for inclusiveness and belonging. The movement connects millions of people around the world, encouraging them to be their best selves and helps them empower each other. Welcome, Mandy. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Fearless. Thanks, Sibby. It's wonderful (laughs) to be here. (laughs) What a treat. So could you please tell listeners what Fearless is about and what inspired you to write this novel? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So Fearless follows the character Monica Garcia, um, a talented seventh grader who loves to sing and dreams of a life on Broadway. And along with her abuelita, we follow their journey from a small town in California to opening night on Broadway. And along the way, uh, Monica meets her Fearless squad And together they learn that anything and everything is possible, especially on Broadway. And it's just so much fun and such a great adventure. I like to call it a little bit of a Broadway adventure because it definitely is a love letter to Broadway. Because I, like Monica Garcia, had a deep love of music. And I also dreamed of living a life of working on Broadway from a very, very young age. And I was really lucky because... I had a grandma who loved musicals. And so we would listen to old cast albums on records. Remember those? Yes, I (laughs) do. And we would watch Broadway musical, like Broadway movie musicals together. And I really just fell in love with these incredible stories, but also these like belty torch singers. So one of my favorite singers from... The time that I was about, that I can remember that I was about like six was Ethel Merman and Judy Garland, Edie Gourmet. I mean, these are the people I listened to with my grandma. And so it only felt right that when I was creating this theater on Broadway that I titled the theater uh, the Ethel Merman Theater, because I feel like she is a performer who gave her entire life to Broadway and she deserves her own theater. So I was like, there's no theater for her, so I'm going to make it. And so really that was my inspiration in creating the story, trying to create a story for someone like me, that was in middle school that didn't have an arts program but had this love of musical theater and didn't have, like a squad to find where I could express that, you know, and listening to these old albums and watching these movie musicals, I was constantly looking for names and characters that look like me. And I did not have a lot of luck in that. And so it was important for me to write this story and to create stories so that kids can see themselves in the arts, to know that a life in the arts is possible. And it's full of things that you could never imagine, like superstitions, and traditions and all of these things that I felt made it feel like home for me. So I hope that when these young readers... And, you know, any age, read it, that they feel like, oh, Broadway is a place for me too. Like, that's somewhere I want to go. And now that Broadway is kind of reopening, I hope that when they read it and they come to Broadway or they go to a theater in their town, they start looking around going, is there a ghost in here? Or (laughs) what was that? Did that door move by itself? And because really that's what it is, you know, and when I was a kid and I would- go camping with my parents because I'm from California and we'd go to Yosemite every year in the summer. And we, my dad would tell ghost stories and people would be like, Oh, it's so great. You know, campfire stories. Like my dad would tell stories like La Rona, like the woman in the, like the lake that haunted her children. And, you know, and so I was fascinated by those kind of stories. Cause that's what I grew up with. And then I got to Broadway and it was like Oh, there's a ghost in the theater and a ghost light. And if you don't touch this on opening night, you know, the whole show could be ruined. And I was like, this is like exactly what my family's like, you know? So I felt like the two worlds totally met when I got to Broadway or, or when
0: I started working in the theater. That's amazing. What an yeah. inspiring story. And by the way, you are, you are so fun to listen to and watch. And like, you can just tell you're like, you're <laughs> in the right place being in front of an audience because it's oh, so captivating about you and how you talk and present. Anyway, it's really cool. Oh, to watch. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. Wait. So you're living in California. You're mm-hmm. vacationing in Yosemite and hearing ghost <laughs> stories. Next thing you know, you're like in Hamilton. What how <laughs> did that happen with no arts program? Okay, like yes. I to plenty of records of show tunes and my mom dragged me to lots of play not dragged took me the to yes. many places, some against my will, I will say. But anyway. Yeah. But I'm not gonna be a Broadway performer. There's like no hope. So how did you, aside from your immense talent, make that leap? What how did you do that?
2: Well, you know, it you sound a lot like my sister and my brother who also listened to those show tunes with my grandma and were like, whatever. Like my sister's like, I'm just going to listen to The Cure and Duran Duran. Like, I don't need this. But I was the only grandchild that sang back to those records. And I had a grandma who saw a talent in me and was like, Robin, because both of my parents work full time. I was babysat by my grandma a lot and I'm the youngest of three. And so I spent a lot of time with her and she would listen to me and she's like, Robin to my mom. Mandy's too loud. Like, she's going to hurt herself. We have to put her into lessons. And we had no idea what we were doing. Like, I don't come from a showbiz family. My grandma lived in the Valley and Tarzana. (laughs) And so there was this dinner theater that was down the street for my grandma. And we would go to that dinner theater and It was one of those places where you could have an all-you-can-eat buffet and then go see a show. Perfect. And so it it was great. And it had all-you-can-eat pickles. So I love pickles. And so does my brother. So my brother would have to come too. Like I said, like my poor brother, he's – but he's totally an inspiration. My sister's name is Monica. So she was an inspiration for this character. And then my brother got really jealous that my sister was in the book. So then I made the character in the musical, Tony, for my brother. So they're both in the book, which is very exciting. But anyway, so I would go to this dinner theater with my grandma, and my grandma would just go up to people, like, after the show. And she went up to this one woman, and she's like, my granddaughter has talent. My grandma never spoke like that, but I'm just making her like that. But she's like, she has talent, and I have to get her into lessons. Do you teach lessons? And this woman was like, yeah, I'll teach lessons. We saw the man of La Mancha. And so my grandma started driving me. She would show up with a box of donuts in the morning to pick me up and leave them with my family and then take me for the day. And we would go and do singing lessons. She also found this performing group that I could be a part of that was like a kid's performing group in L.A. And it was where I met other kids that that liked what I did, like the same things as me. And I loved it. And we performed in malls. You know, I was like Tiffany and we performed in the malls and we did like, I think I performed like Smooth Criminal. We did all these like songs from like the 80s and 90s. We were called Rock Theater because we did rock theater. So it's pretty great. (laughs) Pretty great. And then, you know, I I went to high school. I really wanted to be a cheerleader. I didn't make the tryouts and I was devastated and I was crying at home. And my sister was like, you know, Mandy, you're so dramatic. Why don't you join the drama club? And I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, (laughs) okay. And so I joined the drama club and that's where I really started to perform um, with my peers, like people that definitely were the same age, because in rock theater, there were a lot of kids that were older than me that were already in high school, and I was like a kid. And so in high school, we did, you know, South Pacific, West Side Story, all of those kind of things, and I continued to take lessons outside of school. And my singing teacher at the time told me about this Broadway theater camp in Florida, and it was run by Anne Ranking, and Gregory Hines was going to be one of the teachers, Treat Williams, and I got a full scholarship, and I went to that camp, and it changed my life, because it was with kids from all over the country that were the best you know? And that's, that's what I learned. I learned that it's very important for you when you're in a room to not be the best so that you can grow and learn and get better. And that's when I really was like, so I guess I was about 15 when I'm like, this is what I want to do for a living. And I can, like, I I see a, a path for myself. And, and so that, became my trajectory and I, you know, I continued doing high school theater. I did a show at a community theater and then I wasn't ready to leave. You know, I was very close to my family, similar to Monica Garcia. I didn't want to leave my parents. And so I stayed and I went to Cal Arts, which was in my hometown. And then I heard about an audition for backup singers for Bette Midler, that she was doing a new show. And that was my freshman year. And I went to that open call and I got the job. And I left school. And that's when my professional life kind of began. And I left my home. I thought that I would be the kid because I was afraid of things. Like I thought I would be the kid that would always stay home and close to my parents. And I ended up being the one that lives like yeah. the furthest away <laughs> for the longest time. But you know, when I was with Bet, we came to New York and she was so great to us. She put us up at the plaza when it was still a a hotel. (laughs) You know, like now it's like condos and all that kind of stuff. And I stayed in, you. we stayed here for like two weeks because we played like the whole tri-state area. And I fell in love with New York and I was like, this is where I want to go. And so I saved my money from that tour. And then I moved here and I never stayed at the Plaza Hotel again. I moved to Brooklyn.
0: (laughs) Did you come, did you take a subway and like come out the way your character did in the book, how like she was like taking the train and rumbling around and then looking Opening ab- up into New York with these wide eyes and, you know, Aw. Yes, ab- absolutely. And,
2: oh, I love that. And that's what I wanted the reader to feel because when I arrived, I really kind of came out in Times Square with my suitcase. And I was like, this is it. I made it, you know. And nobody in my family, I guess now because I live in Jersey, my parents – we'll take an Uber or Lyft. I mean, there wasn't anything like that, but nobody was going to spend money on a cab from JFK to Manhattan. Like it was like, well, you could take the subway. So we'll just do that. And so that really was something that I did often when my parents would come to visit when I was coming out for the first time. But when when you see Times Square for the first time and you anybody. But if you're somebody that has been dreaming about it your whole life, it's just this magical place. It still is. Like when I get out and right now it's so weird because things are boarded up you know and that's so weird but somehow the naked cowboy is still there like in Times square like playing in a, and i'm like well if he's doing it we'll come back for sure you know but it is this magical place and when i first came it was like the cup of noodles and and yep. all these different billboards and now it's so different because there's all these tv screens and you know but it's so visually exhausting you know, like as somebody that's first coming in, it's just like it overwhelms you, you know, and in a
0: great way for me. Yep. For me, I like grab the person closest and then like try to hide my eyes and get out of there. You like know, much. my husband's know. the same way. It's like too, it's like too much sensory stimulation or something. Our I know. I know. There, he hadn't been when he hadn't been in a while, and he was just like, "We're in the belly of the beast." <laughs>
2: It's so true. It's so true. But when you work there, there's something about skipping around the crowds and knowing how to get to where you need to go. There's something kind of thrilling about that, but also like, he, he, he. like I know where to go and I know like the secret way and, you know, where to get a bagel and then get to my show. Like, you
0: know, it's, it's kind of like, nice. It's like your college campus, right? It is. Nobody it is. It's like coming to visit and like gets trampled, right? And you're just like <laughs> dashing from class to class, like get out of my way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Wow. Times Square as uh, a
1: quad, uh, quad Yes, absolutely. campus <laughs> quad.
2: But now, you know, it's so crazy because they have those benches yes. right where the TKTS is and you can go and like sit and relax. Like when I came, it was like, no, you stand in, in line for those cheap tickets and, you know, or else you stand in New York. There's no place to go to the bathroom. You know, I found my places, but it's like, no, like you got to stand and walk. That's yes. what it is. Yes,
0: not very uh, welcoming at first. Yeah. (laughs) Like you figure it out or you get out of here. Exactly. Elbows out. (laughs) (laughs) So you sort of conquer this whole world and Mm -hmm. keep rising and getting all these great parts and everything else. And now on top of all that success, you delve into the world of you know, fiction for middle grade people and then like knock the cover off the ball for that too. Like what Aww. else are you not gonna do here? This is like, you know, you're getting in everybody's space. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I think that I've always
2: been, I guess like, is it what, like an outlier? Like I've always been somebody to kind of be on the I've always been a little bit of a loner in some ways and always been one that's had to to carve my own way. And I've always been one to try. So, and fail a lot. Like I fall a lot and then I get back up and I, I go, okay, well, let me try try this. Let me try that. And I've I've always been just somebody that's had a creative mind, you know? And my husband is a painter. He shows at Miles McEnery Gallery. He's an abstract painter. And so I'm constantly surrounded by creativity and it inspires me. And his work also inspires me because we met at CalArts. So that's one of the best things to come out of that that school <laughs> experience for me, aside from the things that I did learn, but that I met my husband and that we've been together all this time. But to see his work from the beginning, you know, when he was in grad school at CalArts to now, it's constantly evolved and changed. And I, I think that we as artists can constantly evolve and change. It's only a matter of putting yourself into a box that think people think that you should be in that makes you uh, go, well that can make you pause and say, well, I shouldn't do that because, you know, because of this, there's so many becauses and reasons you shouldn't do things, but there's also so many reasons you should. And when you do, it just expands, it it expands everything as an artist and, and makes you, I guess, see a lot further than you ever thought you could go. So that's been like my my life. And I think coming from where I come from, you know, seeing, you know, my grandparents who came from from here from Mexico with nothing and, you know, that immigrant like lifestyle and, and seeing, you know, Hey, you can, you can go as far as you want to go, you know, and that there were people that made so many sacrifices before you so that you can, you know, so that's always just kind of with me. And I'm just kind of like, okay, this, this is right now my path and I see, I feel lucky because it's part of a series. And so right now I'm working on book two, which feels so weird talking about book one, but you know, that's something that I've learned about the literary world. It's it's very much like, okay, and now we're going on. How many are in the series? Like, how, Well, right now man? I'm signed for two. So, you know, this next book follows the fearless squad. Monica Garcia will also be a big part of this book, but it follows the story of Relly Morton, who grew up in Harlem and he is based and inspired by my dear friend Daryl Grand Moultrie, who I met during my first show on Broadway Aida when I was the understudy for Adina Menzel. And I didn't know that when you're an understudy or a swing, a swing is somebody who covers like five to six roles in the ensemble and understudy covers one role. Like I covered Adina, but you're all in the same dressing room. They put you all in the same dressing room, boys and girls. It doesn't matter. And I shared a mirror with Darrell (laughs) and anytime somebody would say something shady, we would like look at each other and be like, did you just hear that? Blah, blah blah blah. And we became best friends, and he has been my best friend for 20 years. And similar to all of us as as artists, he has been a performer, but now he is a choreographer, and he choreographs all over the world. But right now, he's working on a piece for Alvin Ailey, and I think New York City Ballet. But he's incredible, and so it was really important for me to make this second book, this follow his journey, you know, in this world. <laughs>
0: And how are you finding the writing process? Do you love it? Like, what did you ever have any interest in writing before? Like, what's it been like yeah. for you? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, first, I've always been an avid reader. And that started for me when I was really young because my mom would take us to the library. I was lucky because I have a mom who loves to read and the library really felt like this gift shop you know because you could go in and my mom would leave us at the the children's section and she would say okay you can get anything you want and i think we could get like 5 books like that's what the library let you take out and i remember having my library card and and filling out my book and really feeling like it was this place of treasures you know where i could find anything that i wanted and and escape into this world and so i think i've always been I'm an avid reader. I've always been writing stories. My life took a different turn because of my voice and my ambitions and wanting to do this other world. But I started creating these characters after my daughter was born. I started to write stories and I started to write children's stories surrounding these characters. And then I kept writing and I I showed my work to a couple publishers in the beginning and they gave me some incredible advice and I really listened to them and I followed that advice and I kept writing. And then, you know, I started my journey with Hamilton and I had a lot of young people that were reaching out to me and expressing to me feelings of loneliness and feelings of not having a place to belong. And so I said, well, if you don't have a place to belong, you can just belong with my fearless squad. And I put it out there and I started this social movement where kids could feel like they didn't have to be alone. And it was a very positive place. I I made up squad rules, but I felt like I wanted to create stories for these young people. And so I went back to those characters that I started with about 10 years ago and i i just started to write and then and then i met i went to a reading at books of wonder and i met my literary agent there and it was just by chance and i said would you like to read this and she said yes and it was really that thing of putting yourself out there and trying and why not and then I was lucky because she said yes. And and then Simon & Schuster said yes. And then it was like, oh God, like I really have to do this. But I think that it has been such a, it's just been so much fun. And it was really great because I finished most of it. You know, the last part of it had to be done during 2020, the last editing part of it. But most of it was done by the time the pandemic hit. So most of it was written at the theater and wow. and that I so I was surrounded
0: by inspiration, you know, which was
2: was really cool, you know.
0: That's amazing. I have mm-hmm. a total favor question to ask, and you can completely and 100% say no. But I, can I have, totally get your I, Hamilton tickets. No, I'm just no, I don't get Hamilton tickets. <laughs> I've seen Hamilton multiple times, but okay. my daughter, I have four kids, and my oldest daughter, who's just about 14, is obsessed with Hamilton. Is there any oh. way you could sing just like a line or two for her, her name? You don't even have to say her name, but is there any way you could? Well, I, I can't put this in the episode now.
2: Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, a lot of things that I say are, I want to encourage, I tell young people to keep the faith right now, to be fearless, and to know that everything is possible. And whenever you feel like things are too much, just look around, look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now and work.
0: Cause you got this, <laughs>
2: yay! So, Thank you. For little that. piece. That's amazing. Yeah. You just
0: like <laughs> made me the coolest mom ever for her. Thank you. <laughs> oh, how old um, are your girls or boys? I have twins who are about to be 14 next week, oh and, then a six-year-old and a six year old and a seven year old.
2: Oh, wow, that's awesome! Yeah, and I've been following you on Moms Don't Have Time to Work Out, and I have to say <laughs> that you've been such an inspiration. Oh, my to me because right now I'm getting ready to go back, you know, on the boards and to go back on Broadway. And I have, you know, definitely gained those COVID pounds. And your Instagram has really been great, and giving oh me like god. a
0: little boost. So I thanks can't for believe doing you that, because that, I literally am thinking I should just shut that account down. Oh my god, please don't! I'm like, I feel like so like such a sham because I'm like such a bad example. <laughs> like for a I while, know. I really feel like we had a movement going, and everyone was losing weight together, and it had a purpose. And then I gave up, and now I just feel <laughs> so ashamed <laughs> of myself and embarrassed by the whole thing. So, oh Zibi, don't give up. <laughs> (laughs)
2: But if you need somebody to like, I'll go on and be like, hey, I love it. And you know, I'll give you a shout to like reboost. But Uh, I really love it. So don't give up. Because sometimes I do feel like that. Like once I cause my daughter just started school three weeks ago. And and once I drop her off, I'm like, do I really want to go work out? Or do I just want to go drink coffee and you know, answer emails and do that? But when I look at your Instagram, I'm like, all right, because you say the same thing. You're like, If you can just take a walk today, if you can just do that, and it's inspiring, so don't Uh, give up. Okay.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Okay, parting advice for aspiring authors, and then I'll let you go.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Don't be afraid to tell your story as well, because... There are parts of your story that you can feel like don't belong or don't make you a part of the world that you think like it should be, but your story is really your superpower and what makes you unique and what is going to make whatever story you're writing yours and yours alone. So don't be afraid to go to those places that make you who you are because you'll you won't regret it. It's a lot of fun once those a couple of those secrets are out there.
0: Yeah. Well, this was amazing. I can't wait to see you perform. Where are you going to next be on stage, by the way? Where can we all... I will be back at Hamilton. Well, okay, so, great. all right.
2: Well. I'll be back at Hamilton in August. I am part of the new Hulu series, Only Murders in the Building, that's coming out. I think it starts in August. And so you can watch me on there. I won't tell you who I'm playing, but it's a okay. lot of fun. Okay. And I had a blast, but that is a new show that stars Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. And it's hilarious. Oh. so I had a really awesome. good time filming that during this pandemic
0: awesome okay yeah wait. thank you Mandy this was so much fun and mm. I, I just had a blast so thank you for everything
2: <laughs> thank you zibby and I hope to meet one day in person yes
0: that'd be great <laughs> okay all right see all you right. on Instagram okay Bye bye okay bye thanks for listening to this episode of moms don't have time to read books